0: And welcome in, we're into another week at Sports Talk here, kicking off a full week after the opening full weekend of line Athletics play. We've got football to review. We've got volleyball to review. Basketball recruiting. We're spinning the hits here on Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn here for our number one. The award-winning News Gazette sports writers are in for our number two. Don't worry. They'll be making their presentations at the Esquire coming up in two weeks. Two Mondays from now, they'll start their regular Esquire show in the 5 o'clock hour, Steve Kelly hosting that. Great to have you with us. Coming up, we're going to check in with our friend Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com. Is Illinois basketball got a big recruit commit over the weekend. It was pointing that direction. Imani Hansbury says he's coming to play for Illinois. We'll get his reaction and what it means for the Illini to land the six foot eight wing. And we'll visit with Chris Thomas after Illinois volleyball went one and one over the weekend to start their season, dropping one to Georgia Tech, a top 10 team, and then winning yesterday against Ole Miss and the Rebs to begin the season. Great to see you, Evan Kahn. You had a You're venture back. to the Arch yesterday. Well, not under,
1: the, near the Arch. Near the Arch, yeah. yes. it was The just, Arch City. Yes. Do they call it that? I don't know.
0: I don't know, but uh, you saw the Cardinals and the Braves, and uh, you may have not had a particular rooting interest, but I thought it was a really good ball game to watch. Yeah,
1: when when Dansby Swanson hit that 400-foot home run, I I couldn't hide my colors. I I, I did kind of rub it in a few Cardinals fans' face. We were feeling good there for a a little bit, and then uh, the— Cardinals offense came back, and they do what they do, so it was short-lived, but <laughs> it was it was good. Uh, probably the best seats I think I've ever had at, at Busch Stadium. It is one of those places where you can get seats, where you don't get to see too much of the field. I've had those plenty of time, but uh, got to got to see... The obstructed uh, view sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah or you, you lose a corner, or you lose home plate, or, or stuff like that, but no, it was a, a great time with the whole fam-bam, and uh, now we've got... Everything else going on, as you mentioned, all, all the Illinois sports firing up and basketball hadn't been in the news lately, so they, they decided that they needed some attention again.
0: <laughs> and Imani Hansberry made sure of it. But yeah, the Cardinals are sitting pretty good, 7-3 uh, and three in their last 10. They've won a couple in a row. They're sitting six ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, who are in second place in the NL Central. <laughs> Meanwhile, I heard Chicago Radio today joking, should we have a funeral? for the white Sox, um they decided that well technically they're not dead yet um so (laughs) there's still mathematical hope for a team that's only five games out of the central but just got swept by the arizona diamondbacks there's a team that just can't get out of its own way um not too far removed from a couple of their best wins of the season against the houston astros and they finish up splitting that series and you got swept by the diamondbacks at home
1: I think in August they got booed on Friday. I saw I'm guessing after the the way Saturday and Sunday turned out, they might have been some boo birds out uh, there as well. And yeah, I mean, it's it's just bad. And you hear the comments from Tony LaRusa, and he doesn't have much of a, a solution for it. And as we've discussed, you know, the. Their offense just kind of is what it is, and that was the issue over the weekend. And even guys like uh, Cease and Cueto, if they're not dealing like they were for the majority of the season, just nothing going right for
0: for the South side. So, uh, kind of the banging the same drum there. The beat goes on for the Chicago White Sox. All right, Illinois football won their opener against Wyoming 38-6. It was a good day for the team. Not a, not as great of a day for some of the fans. We talked. To, we were hearing a little mm, bit about yeah. it on post game show on Saturday night, but apparently, really long lines to get into uh, the, the game. Now, look, I I, I do want to say this. I, I, I can't think of a well attended, or in this case, half a well attended game. But I've been to enough sporting events where you usually have to stand in a line Mm -hmm. so there's yesterday yeah there's probably a little bit of when you go to a stadium you're going to have to stand in a line and wait a little bit on the other hand looked like there were some significant delays and uh, problems and uh, brian Barnhart and lauren were talking about it this morning and the division of intercollegiate athletics is aware they're looking to to rectify the situation and and hopefully it's much smoother for fans going to September 10th game against Virginia because this Friday's game on the road against Indiana I think uh you 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 have to like Illinois' chances it's a road game it's a night game but after what we saw on Saturday you know I think at least from my standpoint I think we saw a solid football team that I think will compete Mm -hmm. that will that will be in ball games and who knows what you're going to get with Indiana with some shuffling there at the coordinator positions and all that, and they haven't played yet. Uh, but why not, Illinois, when, when we go into the week number two? Or game number two, I beg your pardon, week one.
1: <laughs> Reading all the releases and, and it's like, oh, you know, week zero performance. It's like the number zero is literally nothing. So <laughs> how can there be games on a week zero? It's got to be a one. But I, I digress. I mean, we, we just have this conversation way, way too much. But the with the way Vegas is laid it out early, Indiana's got the three points, which is really kind of the, the home field edge that you get when, when it comes to football. And I think that's... That's just kind of where it is because there are so many unknowns when it comes to Indiana. But as for the Illini, other than Josh McRae being out, we didn't, hear, didn't think we heard of anybody else being out. Otherwise, Sean Miller. Sean, Sean Miller. Miller will be out this week.
0: Okay, and and um, their returns are unknown. Yeah, uh, on both of them.
1: But but Illinois came away uh, from, from Saturday, yeah, looking like they, they had a game plan. They executed it for for the most part. They won a game that they should have won in the fashion that they, they probably intended to. And we heard in the postgame that they were already on to Indiana and, and getting ready for that one. So if the Illini have that kind of energy, it something that we didn't see for a, a lot of years under the last regime, just every game going in there, being ready to play, I, I think the Illini will have
2: a chance. Hands.
0: Let's hear from Brett Bielma, who had his weekly media availability today on his look back at the first victory.
2: We had a couple guys do well on both sides. I thought uh, for the number of guys, not, you know, like you take Julian Pearl, right? He had started for us on the right side at guard and tackle. He had never started at left tackle. He started next to Isaiah Adams, who had never started a ball game at Illinois, who started next to uh, Alex Pilstrom, who has never played a snap at center, to sitting next to uh, right guard Zy Chrysler, who had never played a game here at Illinois. Um, Poucho was an equalizer. He's had like 88 career starts uh, at right tackle, right? So he brings our, our average up. But I, that was like kind of a microcosm of that game. You know, you see Tommy DeVito, who has played a lot of football, but he had never played one snap for Illinois. His his first handoff was a big run. His his first pass was a touchdown. Um, so there's a lot of positives on the offense side of the ball. I thought really on the outside uh, to see the, the development and improvement of Pat Bryant was Probably one of the neatest things for me to witness and watch. But also, Hightower, um, you know, with a couple great catches and just being a good player uh, in, a, in a good moment. Uh, Isaiah was really being effective. You know, unfortunately, his biggest catches and statistically his biggest numbers were ones that got called back uh, because of penalties. So he had a good day. Could have been an exceptional day uh, statistically. But the leadership that he begins with, if I could sum it up in a, in, a, in one word, he just amazes me every day. Um uh, we have a team prayer um, when we sit down for uh, breakfast in the morning. We all collectively get together four hours before, and I'll just open it up. And, and, and he, he said some things that I just I just think moved the room um, just in an exceptional way. So just continues to impress me with his leadership and diligence. Defensively, uh, again, kind of the same thing. You know, Zeke and Seth had played a lot of football, but really at the end of the season as starting outside linebackers, uh, Keith and Johnny. But we had new noses in there. Calvin had played, but we saw t and RJ. Uh, three inside linebackers that played a lot of football Uh, in the back end. I think you saw Quan Martin um, take a huge step in the way that he can play the game. Uh, Spoon as well. So uh, really, really like the growth of the room. And then really, um, Caleb Griffin, even though you want him to see him maybe, you know, convert on those two field goals, he hit the ball extremely extremely well uh, in the kickoff. Hugh Hugh was really, really uh, um, a valuable resource for us in the punting game and uh, the snaps. Although we can have room for improvement, there was really good things there. So Uh, We should have big improvements. We always say as coaches, you make your biggest gains from week one to week two, and we hope to have that.
0: And it'll be Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. kickoff against the Hoosiers here on DWS. Chase Brown awarded uh, co-offensive player of the week for the Big Ten. Of course, there were only three teams that played. In from the conference, remember last year Illinois swept the week zero yes. awards because they were the only Big Ten team <laughs> that played in the well, uh, the only no, Big uh, Ten team that won. That's <laughs> fair, yeah, they, back here, but yeah, back it up. They played against Nebraska, you're right. Uh, but Chase Brown, uh, certainly a worthy performance if everyone had played with 151 yards rushing, uh, and he's got more than 2,000 for his career. So, uh, mostly positive, and I do you, just, and you hear Billman talk about that, I just step back and go, yeah, that's that's worth noting, the first pass that Tommy DeVito threw was a touchdown pass. I mean, uh, there were a lot of things that were miscues, that were mistakes, but I thought most of what we saw on Saturday was correctable or could uh, easily get better.
1: Yeah, it, growing pains. You, you know, he, he mentioned it I, I the offensive line w- was solid. Didn't let Tommy DeVito get hit, but it, it sounds like you know they're just working through figuring out how how to play with each other. You know, snapping that that's something that can get fixed. The the kickers, well, kicker and punter, but you know, like you said, Griffin is his kicks were long enough; they just weren't accurate and and. and Hugh Robertson. We didn't really see much of a, a step down at, at all there when it came to to the punting game. So yeah, you you can't really judge too much when you look at the the talent that Wyoming had. They're clearly not the bull game. Winning team that they were last year, uh, but but the the Illini, yeah, a- executed what they needed to. They got some some things that they can correct going into going into Friday, and, and there's some momentum. I, I think there was a lot of confidence boosters. A lot of the freshmen got to to play that were you know dressed for the game, so everybody's probably feeling pretty good headed into. Bloomington.
0: Yeah, the, the big question mark is around Josh McCray, and, and Brett Bilma ruled him out for this week's game, but not for anything beyond that necessarily. Uh, so everything kind of slides up there. Obviously, Chase Brown's still your your number one running back, and we saw Reggie Love and Chase Hayden do some good carrying in the latter part of the second half, so what's that fourth running back? <laughs> Who will it be? It might be Nick Vandazzo. Um, Aiden Loffrey they'll get, but he's – I mean, there's nobody that is a Josh McCray in terms of that bulk and that size <laughs> that's that's ready to go. But Illinois should be fine. I mean, that was the one yeah. thing we noted about this running back room is it's deep. Yep. And, I mean, one of them, Chase Hayden's is a guy that played for <laughs> Peelman back in 2017. <laughs> uh so so they should be all right but uh definitely chase brown is uh the star right now and is offensive player of the week so that's some of what's uh, happening here in the illinois football world and it is a shorter week but they've had time to prepare for that and they've already been working on indiana so it's a little bit compressed but uh it's not it's not quite the cram session that you might have mm-hmm. otherwise all right and then uh, illinois basketball i think we went what almost a full week without really diving into Illinois basketball? Maybe
1: even more than that. Yeah. They're, they're really the players went home. Uh, what was at the very beginning of August, and after we saw Spider Man posing with Sky Clark, I mean, they just kind of went radio silent.
0: Yep. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna you know if we do it too long, we might be violating some sort of laws around here. <laughs> and so we're gonna talk about Amani Hansberry, the the most recent commit for Illinois and what they're getting Brad Sturdy from Illini guys will hop on the line with us in just a moment we'll get
3: his reaction you're listening to sports talk on DWS Illini family this is Illinois volleyball head coach Chris Thomas it's the Big Ten Pac-12 challenge against Colorado and Washington this weekend listen in on DWS and WDWS.com
0: Hey, and Chris Thomas is coming up next segment as well to talk some Illinois volleyball. Right now we're switching into Illinois basketball mode. As yesterday, the announcement was made official in the digital sphere that Imani Hansbury wants to come play basketball for Illinois. Recruiting guru for IlliniGuys.com is Brad Sturdy, and he joins us now on the line. Happy Monday, Brad. How are you? I'm good. How are you
4: guys? Good. Are you enjoying the start of the school season? Yeah, we've been rolling. You know, junior high sports—they start really early. So yeah, it's been—it's been fun. Well, but, it's uh, kind
0: of a twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five uh, thing now with junior high sports.
4: It is true. It is true. It never ends. It <laughs> well, never ends. Some junior hires are getting
0: scouted kind, and all that, but that's a whole other thing. It's kind of like recruiting. It's <laughs> yes. kind of like
4: basketball recruiting. It
0: never ends. <laughs> well, uh, what's your reaction to the commitment made by Imani Hansberry yesterday? I suppose it uh, wasn't too big of a surprise. I, I think a lot of prognosticators thought it would go Illinois' way.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think we knew you know, a few weeks ago that that was where it was headed. Yeah. Uh, wanted you know they put in the most work on him they from the time Underwood saw him in the spring he just decided this is the kid we want and uh Chester Frazier and him just they they put in the they they put in a lot of work they put in the time they made built that relationship he saw an opportunity to win at Illinois and saw an opportunity to you know to come in and compete early on for playing time so it was uh it was just the perfect fit for him
0: Penn State was in on in with him early, so was Virginia Tech. Reportedly, um, you know, some guys, it really means a lot to the first team that offers, the first team that really uh, shows them love. Why wasn't that necessarily the case for Amani, or, or, you know, is that more of a rare thing?
4: I well, I, I think it's, it's in some cases it works, some cases it doesn't. I think with Amani, it was player development. Um, Illinois showing you know how you know, how their players improve, and that was a big sell for him, and he became really, um, you know, it really excited him to see what he could do at Illinois as he develops, get a chance to come in and play early as a freshman, some, and then just continue to develop. I mean, he's a he's such a versatile kid, and he can do so many things. There might have some time at center, and he might play some power forward. You know, he just, he can do everything and he's just got the ball skills to play on the perimeter or play in the post and, and they really, you know, he just, he, he saw that Illinois, he'd have those opportunities. Brad, this is Evan. You, you list off all those
1: things, and, and I look at him, and, and they list him as 6'8". He, he's not a huge fella, but he, he looks like he can fit down low. What kind of uh, uh, comps are, are you seeing for him? I, I thought I heard somebody yesterday maybe say Trevion Williams. Uh, to me, that looks like an EJ Liddell type. I know it's not one-for-one, one, but how do you see his game comparing to, to maybe somebody that we know?
4: Well, I mean, I think, you know, the the – Comparison everybody likes to make is uh, um, is Draymond Green with these guys who are kind of inside-out versatile guys. I'll tell you the guy that I he, I like him him to is Nigel Hayes mm. um, that played at Wisconsin, six foot seven, six foot eight, has the ability to you know and, and Billy go inside outside can post can put it on the floor and take to the basket passes extremely well. So I mean that's the kind of guy who he kind of fits in my mind and and he was really really productive at wisconsin for four years so that's the kind of player that can really uh i, I think he can be really effective at illinois and and uh in, in both those positions whether he's playing power forward or center and so that's the i think that's the comparison i'd come up with
1: and, and with the positionless basketball that we continue to hear and his size he, he kind of seems to to fit that mold do you is, is Are these the kind of big guys that you see Brad going after? Was Kofi just kind of a, a unicorn that was a, a seven-footer that you just happened to take? Do you think that he wants these more athletic, versatile big guys that, that can go inside
4: and out? Well, I mean, I think you, you take what you can get. And, and I think Kofi was just too good to to pass up, even if maybe he didn't fit your style of play that you want to do. I, Brad would like to run more. He'd like to get up and down. You remember when he first came here, I remember it was seven seconds of offense. Well, that that you can't do that with when Kofi's your centerpiece and your focus of your offense. So, um, so it, it just changed the way they want to play. But I think yeah, you'd he, love to get guys that are more mobile and more athletic. But if you get another Kofi, you're definitely not going to turn him down. So <laughs> you just find a way to to tweak your offense to fit him.
0: Brad Sturdy with IlliniGuys.com talking here for a few minutes about Imani Hansbury who committed to play basketball for Illinois. It's not this year, but the next. Uh, the fact that he's a six eight. You want to call him a wing? First of all, is that is that
4: what fair? I, I would. I think he's more of a forward. I okay. mean, I, you know, I don't think he's really a wing. He plays mostly. He played a lot of center actually this summer because he's got seven one wingspan, and he can. But he can play power forward as well because he's got good feet. And he can, you know, he handle the ball and pass it well when he's playing out on the perimeter.
0: Okay. Well, that sort of ties my next question: is is you know what windows uh, or potential roster spots would he be filling in, in two seasons from now?
4: Well, I mean, I think you know he's going to be the he's going to play power forward. He's going to play center. You know, you next year you're probably going to have him, and you're going to have you know Brandon Lieb. You're going to have Zachary Perrin, and you're going to have um, you know may, uh, who uh, uh Ty Rogers as being your guys may, that play a lot of four or five in that case. So you know he'll get some time at the five. He'll get some time at the four. I think, and it just depends how you know how it how, how it molds together and see who they add in the portal next spring. Uh, Brad, were you at the football game
0: yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I saw you down there on press row. Uh, any any takeaways from you and watching Illinois' season opener?
4: Well, I think they did exactly what they had to do. They didn't eke out a win. They took care of business. They dominated the game. I mean, you know, when you look at total yards, it was thirty-eight-six. I probably, I thought at halftime it was, you know, it was what seventeen to three. It probably could have been, you know, at that point it could have been like twenty. 24, 28 to 3, something like that. And, you know, you'd have been, there would have been even uh, more separation. So I, I was really uh, happy with uh, the way they played. I mean, obviously, there's always room for improvement, but um, you got to be pretty, pretty uh, static with uh, starting out. Anytime you win by 30 plus points against a team that's been in a bowl game six of the last eight seasons, then, then that's a good start to your year.
1: Brad, Just to take you back to basketball real quick. Um, as far as the twenty twenty three class goes, we we know that this freshman class coming in for this year was huge, so that takes up a, a lot of scholarships. Is there anybody that they're hard after for the twenty three class now that they've got Hansberry locked up?
4: Um I mean, there are some kids uh, that they're looking at. I mean there's a there's a couple foreign kids, um, a kid from Australia, a kid from Italy. Um, then they've got uh, Draven Gibbs Lahorn, who was a he was a Purdue commitment at one point. Um, he'd be committed. He would be a guard option. Brady Dunlap is a shooter that they're working on getting to visit. So uh, I think they're looking for another guard, maybe another guy who's a wing, you know, with some size six, 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 seven, who can really shoot it. Um, and so I think that's kind of where they're that, that's kind of their focus at this point.
0: Brad Sturdy, IlliniGuys.com. Big pickup for Illinois. Um, I'm always nervous when I see somebody commits because I mean you just. You don't know what that means that these days. You pretty you feel like this is good. This is locked in. Do you think?
4: Yeah, yeah, he's coming to Illinois. Um, you know, so uh, Amani's good to go, and um, he's going to be a great fit. He'll sign in November, and he's a really, uh, really impressive player for them to add.
0: Brad, appreciate you jumping on with us. Hope uh, everything's going well for you, and we'll see you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure thing, Brad. Sturdy wanted to get a quick hitter there on on big basketball news over the weekend it was dominated by other stuff rightfully so but there it was Amani hansbury um not really seeing a letup in recruiting for brad no. underwood no it, it, it there's not been a whole lot of peaks and then valleys it's been kind of steady
1: well, and once again, they find a guy that was rated, you know, somewhere in the one hundred and fifty to two hundred range, and after this summer, he shot up to fifty, and who knows where he'll he'll end up, you know, after he plays his senior year out. They they continue to scout really well, uh, get in on guys early. I think they were after him his sophomore year when he was, you know, even less no- well known, and, and yeah. I, for turning over your coaching staff uh, less than two years ago and all of the the worry for that. I, I think going back to your your last question with Brad, hopefully those days uh, of commits using Illinois to, to get better offers out of other schools are, are over. Illinois is that, that kind of school nowadays.
0: It, it's probably going to happen again, it but yeah. it doesn't seem to be – The same kind of circumstance Mm -hmm. where it's man we just took a big you know we got this and then he's gone or you know the cliff alexander i did get a kick out of because you see the video the video i probably these days they don't even have the history to even know but hansbury pulled out a big orange hat you know popped that on and then then he had the he he unveiled that he had a blue black eye t-shirt on and kind of you know Brought it up close to the camera as if to say, "Look, it really is Illinois. I really am committing." And it's just like, "Don't, don't do the hat thing." There's too many of too many people with PTSD about hats. Yeah. <laughs> which way? Which one am I going to? Which one's paying me again? Oh, they yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> which, which hat has the money? But anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, it to your point too. I mean, just Chester Frazier, Tim Anderson, and Jeff Alexander are definitely more than just holding their own as as three guys that are shown their recruiting medal. alexander's really worked those international links chester frazier is 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 just gets after it he's a huge basketball mind tim anderson is like a whisperer (laughs) and a developer and it's been working well so brad underwood continues to show his adaptability switching coaches switching schemes switching whatever and he's been pretty consistent Got to get through that March glass ceiling. That's the next thing. All right. uh, We are going to visit with Chris Thomas when we come back to talk some Illinois volleyball. They split over the weekend. But uh, I want to let you in on somebody that I let into my home here this morning. That was uh, friends from CU Under Construction. They came in for the final walkthrough. Chad and Landon both were there to check out the Beatty laundry room and the Beatty bathroom. Okay, maybe not very exciting to you, but we're appreciative of what we've got now in our home with some brand new cabinets over the appliances, some new flooring, a new vanity, all that good stuff. But they came through. It's been done for a couple of weeks now, but they came through for that final walkthrough. It's not really done to them until they get that word from the customer. And you know what? There was one cabinet screw that was loose that needed to be fixed in a way that wasn't just tighten it with the screwdriver. They came back two hours later and fixed it for us. That's just kind of the thoroughness you get with CU Under Construction. Start to finish, we've been pleased with their communication, their ability to do a job well, and how they have uh, good customer service. So CU Under Construction Head to their website, head to their Facebook. You can see all kinds of things that they can do for you. You can read reviews online. You can just visit with them and get on the schedule with them to have an initial uh, consultation. See you under construction.com. Give them a call or find them on social media. Chris Thomas is next. You're listening to Sports Talk on
2: DWS. Illinois family, this is Brett Bielema. Don't miss a minute of Illinois football this season. Right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM.
0: Sports Talk continues on this Monday after the first full weekend of competition for, well, football and volleyball. Chris Thomas, head coach for Illinois Volleyball, is here. A split on opening weekend, playing down in Mississippi, dropping the opener to Georgia Tech on Saturday and winning yesterday against the Ole Miss Rebels. Good to see you, Chris. Welcome back after the first road trip under your belts.
3: Yeah, good to be here. We Got in late last night, a seven-hour bus drive from Oxford, but uh, good to come back with a, with a second-day victory after a tough first match against a really good Georgia Tech team. Both teams very good, actually, and uh, really happy that we had a, a very nice bounce back yesterday and uh, played a really quality team who's you know went to the tournament last year and I uh, think they're going to make another run for it this year. So really nice win, nice to see us kind of pull it together. I think the first match we just got caught up in a little bit of the – First match jitters and uh, playing against a very experienced team in Georgia Tech, and you know that's not always a recipe for uh, success. But uh, we we try our hardest as we always do, and uh, like we said, we figured it out in day two.
0: Well, we talked about it a little bit last week. I know you like to schedule tough. And it it was tough right out of the gate a first match against a team with a number in front of it and a, and a regional host last year and then you, know, you got this weekend you got Colorado and Washington so no disrespect to other teams but you're not exactly easing in you want to go right out of the gate against hard competition yeah
3: again you got to figure out where you're at and I felt the team was at least experienced enough to to be uh, to go against these caliber of teams and uh, you know the um, We got our attackers back from last year. We got Kayla Burbage, who had a tremendous first weekend. We knew she was going to be an asset for us. Uh, We got an experienced setter. We got experienced middles. Um, The question marks were. You know our passing game. We have a whole new passing unit out there, and uh, a couple of players who never played six rotation before, and and uh, well, Raina has, but she hadn't been thrown into the passing lineup quite as much. And then Jessica Nungi who had, hadn't played six rotations before, and then Caroline Barnes filling in a new role at Laberio. So, uh, really proud of how they held up the whole weekend. It wasn't always pretty, but you know you're going to get the job done, however it uh, however it works. And uh, again, just really proud of the bounce back yesterday and and made able to get a quality win.
1: How long does it take you to figure out how everything fits in? And does playing the the good teams right off the bat kind of show you more colors rather than if you you did ease
3: into it? Oh yeah, uh, we had a conversation, you know, after the first match where our first weekend last year maybe wasn't quite as uh, I would could say as using worse than than our first match uh on saturday uh, the whole weekend was, was wasn't great but we were able to escape with some wins and so that can mask a lot of things and make you feel better about what you're doing uh you know this year you know you take a loss in the first match okay but again you you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to take your temperature check so to speak and just kind of see what you need to work on early and it really gives you uh, a pretty good idea of what you're, you need to do to score at the highest level and to, and to pass at the highest level and so on and so forth so you know where you de- to kind of uh, dictate practice for the next week and weeks following. You mentioned
1: Caleb Urbich's big weekend. How easy is it to come to a new team and just kind
3: of slide in and, and perform like that? It's not. I mean, you're trying to impress. You're trying to fit into a new team. You're, you're trying to do well for your team uh you know the first match we relied on her heavily uh, to get a lot of kills where um and she did she i think had a match high kills and hit 450 that's tremendous then yesterday had a huge stuff block uh 23 all um i think in the fourth set there i think we're up 23 20 or something like that to to kind of close out the match or help close out the match so um just she's been a, a big presence she's you know i i Text her last night. I said, "You know, great performance, but I'm I'm happy you're with us and you're a great teammate too. So I'm looking forward to her progression as well."
0: Chris Thomas with us here, Illinois volleyball head coach, uh, coming in cold on this because I didn't see uh, any of it on, due to all the other things going on. But no Kennedy Collins in the box score there in game two. Anything that you can tell us about it?
3: Yeah, I, I don't talk too much about her players' health, but she suffered a little injury on on Saturday, and uh, you know we're, we had to roll with a different lineup and. It was kind of a game-time decision, and uh, Ken wasn't feeling great. And so, you know, just kind of as warm-ups were happening, just kind of gave the, the nod to everyone, like, hey, we're going to make a switch up, be ready for this. And um, Riley came in, and we knew, you know, Riley's played for us before and just kind of been sidelined the last couple of years with the, with a few injuries. Um, but she's able to step back in and, and got a, f- a couple of really huge kills and stuff blocks when it mattered.
0: Well, hopefully she's back soon enough for you, but uh, it's – uh, I assume you sw- sub out on middle blockers, but are you trying to play your pins
3: all six? Yeah, so uh, the the two outsides, Raina and, and Jessica, they'll, they stay in and pass all six rotations, and um, obviously Caroline Barnes comes in for those middles, so she's able to stay in there too. And then we're having uh, Brooke Mosier come in the back row for... Uh, Kayla Burbage and she can take a second contact we recruited her to be a setter but she's got a live arm so she's she's swinging out of the back row too she's got I think she had three aces yesterday some really crucial times and uh she's she's a nice player once she settles in too um I think you're gonna see a lot more from her as well you know you mentioned uh,
0: the the passing game and we often think about how the connection needs to be built between setter and hitter you know learning Diana for example has to learn where everyone really likes their ball and and all that but what about the connection between passers and the setter is there something that Diana has to learn and feel or passers have to learn about their setter yeah
3: absolutely you're, you're going to get used to you know what it looks like when you know it's, it looks good you know learn what it looks like when it doesn't look good and, and not only from passer to setter but passer to passer because you're dealing with a lot of scenes you're dealing with a lot of you know quick communication in a short period of time um you know, so you really have to be good about communication and that unit needs to be pretty good. So we talk about the passing unit, not just about one passer, because if someone's struggling in any given night, if we're, you know, we're about four feet apart here, that's about the same seam that we have between the two of us. So we better be really good in a short space and be able to communicate that. So it's almost just the passers just as much as everything else. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw a footnote in the, the game notes from this weekend that Teams were switching sides again for the first time since before
3: the pandemic. Does that change anything? Yeah, you know, it's kind of annoying, actually. <laughs> I was like, man, I can't just keep my stuff here. Uh, no, it's just going back to regular volleyball. I think it's better for the fans, and you know, you can get sides riled up on on either way. But you know, we we dealt with it when the time's coming. And to be honest with you, if they said we're not we're never switching sides again, I would have been fine. And if but since we're doing it again, it's it's fine too.
0: And you can't decide to go with the wind or against the
3: wind. Yeah, well, you know, in some gyms sometimes it's how the light comes into the gym or uh-huh. some like this weekend one side had a big old scoreboard one side didn't and that can mess with what the visuals are when you're when you're doing it so I do agree with the site overall I do agree with it so, so you have a quote unquote equal opportunity to play on both <laughs> sides
0: exactly alright this weekend no easier with Colorado and Washington for the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge the Inaccurately named Big Ten and Pac twelve <laughs> challenges apparently. <laughs> big
3: Big sixteen Pac twelve yeah. Pac ten now I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, too soon. One too day, too day. Too <laughs> too soon, yeah.
0: But anyway, uh, more importantly, uh, these are these are really good uh, proving grounds. Again, what do you know about each team?
3: Uh, I just got to glance at them a little bit this morning before I came in, and both really good. Washington, uh, returning, you know, top ten team, and uh, we were in the same uh, regional as uh, with them last year, and I argued they sh- they maybe could have knocked off Texas. They were up 2-0 and had a few swings to win in three, and Texas came storming back, and uh, we were watching that match before we played, and they return a lot of those same pieces. So it's going to be a challenge against them, and then Colorado's always a tough team. Uh, We've had our troubles. We've gone five, I think, just about every single time we've played them. Um, and we've come up on the short end of the stick and so now we're playing them on their home floor and maybe a little bit of altitude which is can be a little bit different as well so just kind of changes how the ball moves and stuff so I, I've got a lot of uh, uh, text out there from fans that are going to be there for us Jordan Poulter's hometown and uh, yeah. not her hometown but around her hometown she's actually going to be there on a break so it'll be good to see her again and uh, a couple other alumni in the area that told me they're going to be there as well so we should have a nice support out in Boulder and uh, looking forward to a good uh, weekend's a match
0: does it? Uh, do, you, do you want to get out there earlier to acclimate to the mile-high We, we kind of
3: can't because of school. So. <laughs> oh, okay. you know, darn school thing gets in the way. So we'll get there on Friday, and, and we'll take a practice on Friday and a serving pass on Saturday and, and kind of go from there.
1: Do you notice is conditioning a big part
3: of volleyball, especially early season here? Does that really matter much? Not a ton. The the players come back. We've talked about this. They come back in the summer and they get all their conditioning work. In. And then I try to tell people if you've never seen a volleyball match or played a volleyball match, there's no conditioning test that I can give you that's going to equate to what volleyball is. And if you want to, um, if you want an analogy or if you want something to do at home, go jump on a box ten times in a row. Do it for 30 seconds, pause for 10 seconds, do it again for another 10 seconds, pause for another 10 seconds, and then do that about 150 times. And that's what it's like to play volleyball. So it's it's a whole different animal, a whole different beast when you're talking about volleyball conditioning. So <laughs> I
0: once signed up for a piece of personal training, and a, the, the trainer put me through a workout kind of like that. and um, Never went back. <laughs> well, I, I don't like to really use... A lot of language and insult people, but <laughs> well, yeah, I was really thinking about that. <laughs> uh, I really didn't like that person yeah. after that. One more. Krista Hendrickson, your assistant coach, new assistant coach this year, is uh, a great Washington alum, and I'd... Guessing she's probably over the old, you know, I'm playing my old team sure. kind of thing. But I, for those that aren't aware, I mean, she's one of the greatest players in that school's history, if not in college volleyball history.
3: Yeah, she's a two-time player of the year uh, at her position, which is phenomenal. And one of the reasons why I wanted her here is to mentor our players in that position because it's such a a huge role, and it's what we're trying to do here. And so this is the middle uh no outsides oh she was an outside yeah okay so she's so tall i assume she's a she was was six rotation outside so players like reina and jess and you know we're trying to get kayla to be in that same role as well um that's a big deal because you're handling everything that comes at you in a match you're doing passing blocking you know defense you got to hit so you got to do everything in a match so you go back to that conditioning portion that's that's even a bigger deal um but she's been, she's done great, and yeah, they've played Washington. Okay, it's it's like we played Pacific the other year. I'm like, all right, well, there's still an opponent that we got to beat, yeah. and uh, she's a, one of the best competitors I've been around in a short period of time. I can tell that when we go out and play pinball and axe throwing <laughs> and stuff like that. So. Uh, but she's she's done a great job, and she did a great job this weekend with the players and, and really helped them through through a lot this weekend. All right,
0: Chris, uh, congrats on the start so far. Big one this weekend. We'll have them here on the radio, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. That's Chris Thomas, and we are back after this.
3: Hi, it's Len Casper. Tune in tomorrow for White Sox
0: Baseball here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. News Gazette sports writers are coming up for hour number two after the Top of the Hour update. Scott and Evan here finishing out the first half of Sports Talk. Back tomorrow, Robert Rosenthal in with uh, Lauren and I in hour number one tomorrow. Joshua Perry from Big Ten Network, hour number two tomorrow. Uh, the adage I've always heard, Evan, is if you have two quarterbacks, you have... No quarterback. Hasn't stopped Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if you guy. saw this stuff today.
1: Him and his interesting use of the English language.
0: And the Bible. <laughs> uh, eighth-ranked Wolverines will begin their quarterbacking with Cade McNamara, who started quarterback throughout last season in their opener this week. But then sophomore J.J. McCarthy will make his first start for the Wolverines on September 10th against Hawaii. Our boss said today both quarterbacks will see time in both games and possibly longer. So there's the question about the strategy, but then he goes on to invoke Solomon. <laughs> so it's really based biblically. Solomon, he was known to be a pretty wise person. Well, I'm assuming the reference there on both is when Solomon suggested splitting the baby to point out that the one who really was the true Mother in the situation, but anyway, he was offering an absurd solution in order to <laughs> truly arbitrate a good outcome. And in this case, I what? It, I think the man's toying with us all. I think just the man's toying with us all. But I, I don't really see the connection. But he see, he sees it as very wise. He he is he Let's is a legend the of his own in two. mind. <laughs> 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 I mean, if it works, yeah, will will it's, it's a we'll stroke see. of genius, but.
1: I can't imagine he'll stick with it. And you heard the competition, so you can try those kinds of things
0: when you're Michigan playing those kinds of teams. But they'll settle on somebody eventually. All right. WDWS Champaign-Urbana News Talk fourteen hundred 93.9 FM news updates coming up, and then more sports talk. Stay with us. Happy Monday.